Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, joined on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Miami Hurricanes beat writer for the Miami Herald. Susan, how's it going? Uh, it's going as good as, as good as could be expected, David. How are you doing? It's going all right. Uh, you been doing anything to keep busy? Have you watched Tiger King yet? <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've kind of, no, I've kind of stayed away from <laughs> I think Tiger King is sports now. Is everyone I, everyone I follow who are usually tweeting about sports are tweeting about Tiger King now? <laughs> no, not I. But but um, you know, I'm reading, reading a lot. Yeah, that's that's smart. That's what I should be doing. I've got a couple book, got a couple books sitting on my desk right now that I haven't opened yet that that are on the list. So maybe we'll do a book club at some point if this lasts too long. Uh, Good idea. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm reading uh, a little too much about, you know, COVID-19. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, I think we're all reading too much about that. Um, and we've actually both written a little bit this week, too, even though there's no uh, sports going on. There's obviously the, the effects of sports. Um, so we figured this week, you know, we actually, like, kind of wrote a lot this week, considering there's nothing going on. Um, we so we kind of figured we would just kind of dive in and, and talk about a couple of the different stories we wrote, uh, I think all of which are COVID-19 related, um, or pretty much all of which. Um, so, I mean, the whole world now. Yeah, the, I, I, I've heard people say there's only one story now, right? There's only one news story. It's just how do all the, how does it affect every other story, or what, what are the different angles to that one news story? Um, and in college football, there's a lot, or college sports, I guess I should say. There's a lot of news stories. Obviously, you all know by now, but the NCAA tournament was canceled. Uh, the spring sports are canceled. Um, we have no idea when fall football season is going to start. You, you talked to Blake James um, about a week ago now, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. About uh, what, you know, his kind of got his thoughts on everything. Um, and wrote a story about it. You guys should obviously all go check that out. Um, what were kind of your biggest takeaways, though, from talking to him? Well, he's home like everyone else, like all the other coaches, all the other staff at UM. Um, you know, that, I talked to him a week ago last Friday, and um, they were just prepping, getting ready for online courses because spring mm-hmm. now has officially ended, spring break, which was extended a week for all UM athletes, and the players and everyone else um, had to start online classes this past Monday. I guess they use Zoom and, um, uh, you know, on the computer. And he said there were about 400 UM athletes, um, and some of the – everything was interesting, but some of the more interesting things – were that there were fewer than 30 students at that point. But now there's less, okay? But there were fewer than 30 students still on campus mm-hmm. uh, or living in campus housing um, because for whatever reason, they couldn't get out. They couldn't get flights home. Uh, several of them are international students yeah. from different, you know, different countries. Uh, some of them... We're still waiting. You know, one football player I talked to, an offensive lineman, now is home with his family. But at that point, he was still on campus. So, you know, um, 
And I thought the most intriguing thing that I asked Blake James was about the football season. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's thinking about Well, that's that. kind of the one thing left, right? Like, basketball canceled, spring sports canceled. The next question is going to be what happens to football season. Right, and I, and I asked him, I said, you know, at what point, you know, would the football schedule have to be contemplated and, and perhaps cut short or rearranged? And, you know, as, as can be expected, I understand this. He said, well, it's too early to say anything about that. Uh, you know, football camp doesn't start until I believe it's August 1st, um, he said. And he kept saying, assuming they're able to have a full camp or mostly a full camp, you know, that the, the, you know, football will be fine. And right. To which I said, yeah, but what if, what if it doesn't? What if there isn't a, a fall camp? What if there isn't a full fall camp? I mean, obviously there's, Football is so huge around the country that they, you know that they're already talking to each other about this. And I said, but what if? And he said, well, all, this, he said, it's something everyone is thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, we have to be thinking about it. We're looking at all possible scenarios um, and how that'll play out. Uh, he said he hasn't talked specifically, but obviously that's, a, that's something that, I mean, of course it could happen, I, you know, so um, that's the one, one thing that would be amazing, although not any more amazing than the Olympics being, you know, postponed a year and, and everything else. Um, Blake said that, um, that, that the, the, the kids on campus were still being served by, like, uh, you know, food-wise, the cafeteria had... I think like grab and go, he called it meals that they could still get. Um, but I think it was just like a ghost town right. is what one young football player described it as. Um, and, and, and the revenue, David, I mean, c- come on, everybody is losing tons of revenue from football. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the NCAA, uh, you know, they give out a, uh, annually, they give out money to their member schools, um, and this year they're giving out two hundred twenty-five million. Um, and according to Yahoo, the projection was six hundred million. A lot of that—I mean, most of that revenue—is is lost from the NCAA tournament, which is their biggest revenue driver. So, um, yeah, I mean, it'll affect—you know—it's gonna. This is gonna affect everything, obviously, from years to come. So, and, like, and another interesting thing about the NCAA as well. Uh, so. On, on Monday, the NCAA will, will I, they call it the Division One Council, the NCAA will vote on the eligibility relief for student athletes, um, you know, it, it, in, that didn't get to compete in the championships and, and the ones that didn't finish their seasons or didn't like the, the spring sports, like baseball in particular, mm-hmm. because they did agree in principle to give those, you know, at least for sure seniors and maybe other athletes. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be all athletes. They're not going to just do seniors, I don't think. Yeah, but, 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 the, but it, what, who it affects most. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember <laughs> when I wrote that story that that was the plan, like people were con- – I got a couple of replies that were like, why just seniors? It was like, first of all, read the story. Second of all, like – it's because that's, really, that's who it really is going to affect. Right, the it, most because they, yeah. So they, because they're the ones that will be gone, you know, on their next next year. So, 
they have to make decisions now, but they're going to vote on Monday as far as specifics of what they're going to do. Yeah. They have, the NCAA has made, made it clear that it's going to be up to the schools. And Blake James said this too, that obviously the schools are going to have to foot the bill for all these athletes. So some of the things the NCAA will have to do is decide, okay, so in baseball, I mean, you know, UM was ranked as high as five, for example, and their season cut short. Um, so the kids, you know, um, like, you know, what, what are going to be the new rules as far as, like, scholarships, right? Because I yeah. think they 11.7 or... I, I thought it was 13, but I might be wrong. Something like that in baseball. No, 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 that's not right. So what did you say, 15? 13. No, no, no. It's 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 it is. Uh, I think it's eleven point seven exactly. Yeah. I, I know that they split them up. Obviously, it's not. You know, they. Yeah. A yeah. lot of guys get half scholarships or whatever. Half or less. Some people, if they're like major studs, will you know will get a full. It's it's um. I it's eleven point seven. Eleven point seven. But the, here's the thing. So the NCAA in letting seniors come back. Even though UM is footing the bill, it, it, there's only a certain amount of scholarships, right? So they've got to decide, are they going to allow more scholarship money to be split more way? You know, the equivalent of 13, I'm just making that up, like 15. They, they, there are going to be a lot of things that have to be decided, basically. And, and the other interesting thing about the NCAA was, according to a USA Today story, a recent USA Today story, that... In 2014, or by 2014, the NCAA had $400 million as a cushion, they, they called it, okay? In, okay, it's $400 million as a hedge against a massive loss of revenue from the tournament in case the tournament was canceled, just like the NCAA basketball tournament was, was canceled. But what happened with the $400 million was um, the NCAA decided to distribute that money to schools because they figured out oh, what that we have so much money and they spent it in other ways and including they said a 208 million dollar legal settlement so obviously never ever expecting this to happen so there's you know it's it's a it's just a mess it's, it's, sort, a of, it's sort of a metaphor for our country no one was expecting this to happen exactly and we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot a lot more as as we go Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and by the way, baseball, they gave their money back to season ticket holders. It, well, no, if season ticket holders said they wanted the rest of their money back, they're prorating it, I guess, and giving it to them. Mm-hmm. They're giving people the option of putting money towards tickets if there are any tickets that have been bought already towards next season. Right. Uh, uh, next season, and or they urging people to help give it to scholarships kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, should we talk just some football now? You also wrote a story talking to a bunch of uh, moms of players who, I guess a lot of them at the time were, were still stuck down here. We don't know who is, who's gone, who's back home. Um, moms and dads. Moms and dads, yes. Um, dads and a sister, actually. What were so, it, yeah. even though I didn't put her in the story, I talked to a sister, too. Um, just what what are your what were your takeaways from writing that story? Well, it was a very long story, <laughs> but it was pretty interesting actually. Um, they, my 
and they're trying their best to stay in shape, to do what they can. The parents are trying to be vigilant in keeping the kids from going out too much. It's very difficult, you know? They're like teenagers or in their early 20s. Um, for example, Brevin Jordan's mom, mm -hmm. they live right near the Strip in Las Vegas. Yep. It's a 15-minute drive. She said, she said all three of her, her sons, she has three boys, including Brevin, were kicking and screaming because they can't leave the house. Um, she said that the, it's, Brevin's never seen anything like it. The strip, the Las Vegas strip, imagine all the neon oh, yeah, and all Vegas, that. There's, there's been some writing about how Vegas has just been obviously killed by this. No exactly. one's going to Vegas. She said it's totally dark now. There's like, it's so weird. She said airports are abandoned, all this, everything's shut down, like everywhere else, but Vegas, you know, by the way, where the, the draft was supposed to be. But yeah. anyway, um, so, you know, Brevin, you know, Brevin is rehabbing from um, an injured left foot. It is his foot, by mm -hmm. the way. Okay? Um, and he had surgery in January, okay, to repair it, and he's doing great, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's frustrated. She said he's eating a lot. All the parents told me that the kids, they've never seen their sons. They don't know where they can, they put the food. Um, and that they have, that's one of the quandaries for the parents. They have to go out, and like all of us, we don't want to go to the store too much, and they have to buy tons of food. And I, I talked to... I also talked to Kim Mallory, um, you know. You, Will you Mallory, have, yep. Yeah, Will. And she said that she's going to the store and she doesn't want people to think she's hoarding food. But there, <laughs> you know, but she has to. Um, and, you know, they're, they're all kind of working out at home. Some of them, I think, are going to gyms, um, you know. Yeah, well, who knows how much has changed since you wrote this story as, as more and more states have kind of put these lockdowns. And, um, they have, I think some of them are probably yeah, going to, like, private, quote-unquote, coaches yeah, yeah. to train some people. I We don't really know how far they are from other kids, but uh, uh, Mike, Mike Harley, right, he's uh, mm -hmm. going to be a senior receiver. Um, he's, he's, he grew he went to St. Thomas and his parents are in Lauder Hill and he's there apparently, even though he has an apartment kind of off campus, I think he's home now. Um, and, um, he was going crazy. He's, I talked to mom and dad and they said he's, he was already going crazy a week ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, there's not much else to say. I, the other interesting, another, I talked to Oshala, Oshala, it actually, it's Oshala Payton, um, Jeremiah Payton. So he's going to be a redshirt uh, freshman receiver, and he's really good, David, as we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he hasn't played, I think he's, he's one of their big hopes. Um, she said that uh, she didn't think he really understood what was going on, and was kind of upset with all of it. Uh, but she said the coaches are texting them all the time. They have group group chats, I guess, group texts. And 
Um, yeah, Barry, Barry Jackson wrote uh, yesterday about some of the stuff Miami is doing behind the scenes to like kind of keep tabs on everyone. Um, you know, said coaches are holding uh, daily meetings on Zoom, uh, the web chat or the video conferencing. Um, said Mike Rumpf has a regular 9 a.m. session with his uh, all of his cornerbacks. Um, you know, to just talk, see their faces, maybe talk a little bit of football. Um, to make sure they're awake. I, seriously, yeah. not funny. They're getting them up early. Well, yeah, and they're, they're all still in classes. You know, they're checking in on their academics. So, you know, they can't really do much coaching right now, obviously. And, and I think that would actually technically probably still be an NCAA violation in some capacity. Um, but, you know, they're at least, you know, they're all making sure they stay in contact. They're not. Yeah, just like I'm, just like I'm sure every school across the country is doing something similar to this. Definitely, and Blake James told me, which another interesting point, that the coaches now, which they've never really done before, they've always been concerned with their academics. They have to be, but now the coaches are taking a more pro- proactive role yeah. in the uh, academics, along with the academic advisors there, because that's right now number one. So. Yeah, and it's obviously a weird circumstance where everyone's learning from home and, uh, you know, distractions around the house, um, distractions with the news. Like, it's – it's everyone's in a weird spot. So it makes sense that Miami's – or the coaching staff and, and that side of things are being a little more uh, proactive these days than they typically are. And, and David, you – we were – we just mentioned about Las Vegas and the draft, April 23rd to 25th, yeah. I believe, and I – Still plan to be going on. Yesterday there was a memo that got leaked from Roger Goodell basically saying, we know this, you know, we know what people are going to say, but we're going to do this those, those days originally scheduled. Yeah, we're doing it because, he, yeah, because, because they don't, they're not going to do it in person. Um, it's going to be, they're not sure if it's more, going to be like when you watch a studio show, you know, maybe they'll have like, a, a, you know, like three NFL network people you know each six feet apart or something like that and then they'll just replace them with three more or something that's me saying that i mean but it could be just straight like studio thing where they they're gonna have no uh maybe roger goodell will be like alone or something you know almost there'll be no players there no families there um and they'll just make an announcement you know the first pick and i don't think they're gonna do kind of weird things. They're not going to try to be cutesy. No, they, or it's, just, it's like baseball kind of does this for the later rounds, so they just do a conference call. Um, I would think it'll be relatively similar to that. Um, yeah, but I think it'll be on. I think they'll still have something on TV. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I know, but I just mean the in terms of the structure of how the teams are going to be operating behind the scenes. They're not going to show it, but I would think it's going to be all kind of. Yeah, you know, we're not going to see. Well, I guess we'll probably still see picks get announced or whatever in the early round. But, like like you said, there's not going to be a player coming up. I don't know if we're going to show videos of all the war rooms with the coaches submitted or yeah. with the staff, the front offices submitting their pick. Like, it's going to be pretty bare bones, I'm sure. I think bare bones, yeah. So, amazing, right? But at least it's going on. Yeah. And a couple of Miami guys will be involved. Uh, Mel Kuyper talked about that this week where he kind of sees some of these guys going and – for all of them, it's going to be the third day, pretty much, which isn't altogether uh, That's okay. surprising. That's okay. You listen. You, you. I saw your story uh, with Mel on the early enrollees. Uh, you asked about specifically 
the, the four early enrollees. And, um, early entrance. Oh, no. Why do I say early enrollees? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah the kids that are leaving yeah, yeah, school yeah. or that have left school. Sorry about that. We've got right Trajan Bandy, Bandy, a cornerback. We got yeah, DJ, Garvin, and uh, Garvin. Jeff Thomas. And DJ Dallas, yep, running back. Those four, and, and, and I saw he told you, like you just said, the, the uh, third day. Third day is, uh, and you know, we don't really know now if they're still going to do it the same way. You see what I mean? Third day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right, right, right. Third day I mean, just means fourth exactly. through seventh rounds. Yeah, I mean, technically it's four, yeah, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. And I think if any of those guys go there. I, we, we thought that Garvin might go earlier, uh, yeah. and maybe... Well, and obviously a lot of these guys are hurt by not having, you know, Miami's not having a pro day. Like, that's part of the reason why they, I think a lot of people want them to push this draft back is some of these draft prospects feel like they're getting hurt by this, by not being able to have a pro day to work out, especially guys who are maybe hurt and couldn't go to the combine. Um, you know, not being able to meet with teams in person. Um, oh, yeah. You know, guys, yeah. Are, guys are hurt by that. Um, well, they can meet in person, but they are... Yeah, you know, obviously they are talking to them, skyping with them. I, I think they can't work out. That's where they're hurt. They can't yeah. work out. In front of them, all they have is if they were invited to the combine. But like you said, if they weren't, or if they were and you know weren't, right? I'm know, sure a lot of guys went to the combine, didn't run as fast as they thought they would, and then were like, all right, I'm gonna put a lot of work in for the next month before my pro day to, to get in shape and cut a you know a couple hundredths of a second off my 40-yard dash time. Like, and, and you don't get the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's, yeah, and it's sad. It's, that is sad. I mean, they're all equal that way, but it's, right. it's pretty terrible if you're, if you're them. The, uh, the baseball draft might even wind up being a bigger question mark than the football draft. You know, there's been talk that maybe they do a five-round draft. Like, I, I think the new, there's a new CBA uh, that'll kind of, the details will all come out today. Um, but, you know, baseball is, you know, ultimately probably the sport most affected. Or at least the, the high-profile sport, obviously. Right. Most affected. I guess basketball, you know, we don't we don't think much about basketball because both the men's and women's team at Miami were, you know, not tournament, maybe not even NIT teams. But right. uh, I mean both baseball obviously they lose pretty much a full season and, and the draft is you know, that's kind of I think a lot of the decisions of who's gonna come back next year is gonna depend on what this draft looks like. Like like Brian Van Bell, for example. Let's let's use him because he was the senior, the ace, the starting pitcher for Miami. Um, a fifth-year senior, um, in all likelihood, like he, you know, he's, there's probably a decent chance he was going to get drafted somewhere, not particularly high, but get drafted somewhere. Um, you know, get his chance in baseball. But if this draft gets cut down to five or ten rounds or something like that, it, it's significantly smaller, and he's oh, going to have a decision to make. Like he's probably not going to get drafted that high, um, right. but he's also I don't know how old he's 24 or something. Like he's old. Like he's you you wonder if, is he gonna want to take that non guaranteed undrafted free agent deal and just kind of start making money, get on with a pro career, or come back for, as a, a sixth year senior? Like there's the draft is gonna determine a lot of things, and and I think even you know Miami has three you know two there are two other starting pitchers, uh, Sacconi, 
um, and McMahon and uh, you know a couple other guys were in the mix to be like maybe first. Zamo- Freddie Zamora was kind of thought of as a potential first or second round pick. Like yeah, if right. this if this draft is only five rounds and and you know maybe right. these guys aren't gonna go, maybe right. they get some of these guys back that they were not banking on getting back next year. I think with baseball, with baseball now, we're not just talking about seniors; we're talking about juniors. So yeah, like you said, like you said and I think um, I think well I know that for example Alex Terrell, who is you know junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019 ACC home run yeah. king, and you know I, he's he's definitely getting drafted, and uh, and probably I don't know how high, but I would think fairly up there. And uh, and Chris McMahon, the, their pitcher, junior pitcher, is three and and one point oh five ERA. But Chris, he's definitely also uh, going to be going to be uh, drafted. And the other one, who I think is their highest rated. Uh, he's a sophomore, but he's a draft-eligible sophomore. Yeah, Slade Sacconi, who you said, he's now 2-1 with a 3.80 ERA, but he's he's the one I think that's slotted highest to be drafted. And you know that they're going to go. I can't even imagine a million years. That would be a shocker if any of them came back. So it's kind of, and Van Bell, I'm I'm not sure, and the other seniors are an outfielder, Chad Crosby, and the other, the third senior is Tyler Kaiser, a pitcher. But I don't. They, you know, at least publicly, haven't said what they're going to do because again, the NCAA hasn't given. We'll learn more next week. But I, I don't know. Baseball. I, hard for me to believe that any of those guys would be back. Maybe Van Bell. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what they do with this draft because. Guys, there was talk that I don't. I wish I remember who who I saw report this, but there was talk that there was going to be a five round draft and undrafted free agents would be able to. I think it was John Heyman, maybe, um, and uh-huh. then undrafted free agents would be able to sign for, I think twenty thousand dollars as the signing bonus. Like, oh my god! If that's it, like, you're maybe better off coming back and. Going into the draft when it's a real draft the next year. Now I can't imagine that's going to be the final uh, setup because that's ridiculous. Five five rounds and everyone else gets twenty thousand. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, that would be. <clears throat> yeah. And there's a, like I said, there's a CBA and, and details will be coming out. Specifics will start to come out on that in the next few days because <laughs> I would think that draft is going to get delayed at or maybe not, but. I would think there's a decent chance it gets delayed at some point also because that uh, the NHL just postponed its draft, which is scheduled for June, and, and the MLB draft is right around the same time. So Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. What's interesting is despite no sports, there's news. There's continual news. Yeah. It's not always the biggest news, but there's always something, and, and it's it kind of a situation where it's changing every day. So. Um, right. You, we, speaking of baseball, you, you did talk to Gino um, – a little, you know, maybe almost about two weeks ago now, but I don't think we've talked about just him, his thoughts on this, because obviously, you know, as we mentioned, they were number five in the country when this ended. It was a pretty devastating blow for them. Just what, what did you kind of get from talking to him? What was your sense of just how he was handling it? He knows a very, he's a real smart guy. He has four daughters. He's keeping this in perspective. 
You know, he said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, the, the kids were stunned when they found out because they were about to, they, they were about to take a flight to Blacksburg. And um, when they learned about the NBA postponing or canceling, whatever the NBA did on that, when that big announcement was made, um, they, uh, they were at a rest stop and everybody kind of was upset. But then when they got back to campus, they were told, excuse me, by, I guess, Blake James, don't take the flight, go back to campus. And then they learned that, you know, the, World, the College World Series had been canceled and all the other news. They were upset, but, you know, what were you going to do? What are they going to do? So he's been keeping in touch with them, and pretty, pretty much that, that's it. He's like, you know what, the most important thing in the world is to stay safe now. Which is what everybody, which is what everybody's saying, because we know now that famous people and politicians and athletes and famous athletes are getting, uh, you know, the coronavirus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they they can't take they can't take a chance. I mean, every he says life without baseball is strange, and this ending has been surreal. But this is uncharted territory. You have to people have the best interest for you and your family and fellow human beings. I mean, that's the amazing thing about this now. It's so much bigger than everything. Yeah. Everything. And, I mean, we never imagined something that would be so much bigger than everything. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up with just a couple other stories uh, oh. we wrote this week. Unless you have anything else on Gina that you want to. Yeah. So, so we got a few. You wrote about Estella Perez Somariba, who's the defending national champion uh, right. in women's yeah. tennis. Um, Michelle yeah. Kaufman wrote about uh, the Olympics dreams being dashed. Uh, a couple UM connections there. Um, uh-huh. I wrote about some Miami baseball players who were in Italy at the time of the outbreak and kind of yeah, thought. Basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, former um, Miami basketball players. Um, let's start with Estella, though, because that's the, kind of the most UM specific. Um, yeah, she going to come back? Is she going to come back? The NCAA singles champion yeah. is, you know, it's it's amazingly elite. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, you know, there's some great, great tennis players. And, um, you know, the, the, she's from Spain, David. She's Madrid. Mm-hmm. Madrid is just ravaged now, yeah. just horrible. It's worse than I think it's. It's like uh, I, I, I think when I did this story, as of this past, let me see. I'm trying to find. Is as of this past Monday, looking for it. Sorry about that. Madrid had just. Um, here you go. Last Saturday. Last Saturday, just alone, um, there were 5,000 new cases, positive cases, just on one day in, in, uh, in Spain. And you know, the death toll then hit 2,200, but I, it just keeps going up exponentially. So, so um, Estella is one of those people who, have, one of those, you know, less than 30, fewer than 30 that have to be, um, she's in the campus apartment. Uh-huh. So she has to stay there. She said her roommates have gone home. Yeah. And I think they were probably athletes also. Um, she's had to stay on campus. 
she's she's a kid who has a 3.93 GPA was supposed to graduate in May um, and they called off graduation and they postponed it till December 19th already obviously and now she has to decide this we're talking about the NCAA champion their season she and record holder everything you could think of for Miami for the University of Miami she has to decide is she going to come back yeah for another year and you know she could otherwise her plan was to turn pro right on mm-hmm. the WTA but she would be so I think her equivalent ranking was like 800 and something or whatever um, if she was going to be ranked or if she is however they do that um, but I mean you if you if she decides to turn pro, okay, I talked to the UM coach, women's coach, Paige Yaroshuk-Chews, and, you know, we were talking, and she's made some great points. Um, she leaves she leaves UM, and she doesn't have any more physical therapists. She doesn't have any um, uh, trainers. She doesn't have any massage therapists. She has no nutritionists at her disposal. Um, she has no, all of this stuff that UM, if you're an athlete, you get, and she, you're on, she's on full scholarship, um, you, you're not going to get anymore. If you try to get on the circuit, which also, by the way, the WTA, um, which is a women's, you know, pro tour, yeah. they're, they're on hold also. So here she is if she leaves. She has none of that at her disposal, and she has to find, think about the time we're in now, like the, this coronavirus stuff. She's going to have to find a sponsor. There's no way. You can't afford that stuff. Yeah, it it's, throws everyone in limbo, obviously. Uh, and then she's going to have to go, if she has any savings or her family saving, and her family is, I, they're not quarantined, that's the wrong word, because when I talked to her, they were healthy, but they, they're stuck in their house. In Madrid, they can't yeah. go anywhere. In Spain, you can't go out. Um, so they're all stuck there. They have even bigger problems. Yeah. So she's she's got to decide. And and if she does come back, so she would probably go for her masters or get whatever. But it's all the other things, the ancillary things yeah. that are so big. Um, and she also has, I think, one of the best coaches at UM. Uh, Choose is one of the best coaches there is. So. You know, uh, it's just everybody has these major decisions to make. Yeah. Yeah, it's everyone. I mean, the whole world is obviously affected by this. Um, the Olympics on hold, and that affects, you know, some Miami play, some Miami athletes who are – and coaches who, who have kind of some Olympic ties. And obviously, it throws off everyone's training regimen there. Um, the overseas basketball, which is not really a college sports story, but it's, you know, a lot of – college players who don't make the NBA go play overseas, the European basketball setup is going to be crushed by this potentially with, um, you know, a lot of players who, who are stuck on one-year deals. They play, you know, year-to-year there. Um, you know, obviously the leagues are not as financially sound as the NBA overseas. Well, Europe, hey, hey, yeah. David, you can't – Europe is – Yeah, they've obviously gotten hit. Who's going to go to Europe? Right. Um, although a lot of you, know, I talked to Daquan Jones and Julian Gamble, who were both in Italy, um, uh, oh. at the, you know, they, they both came back, you know, about two weeks ago. 
uh, right around the time of the, the travel ban and right before we kind of went into the sort of lockdown that they have overseas. Um, but, you know, they said players stayed a lot of, you know, Julian Gamble, their team was in first place. He said, I think he had two or three other Americans on his team. Um, they all stayed because, you know, people are worried about their next paycheck. If you, if you leave, is that a breach of contract? Like they, they got permission from their teams to leave, but who knows? Just we're, we're in such a, a state of limbo that, um, you know, everyone, no one knows what to expect next. And yeah, you know, I, I think that's. Uh, a lot of the stories we've written, I think, kind of cover every everything that, you know, it's all college football, college sports focused, but it's all sort of a window into the way this is affecting the whole world. It's absolutely true. Yep. It's, it's amazing that we thought, we thought when all the sports were canceled, you know, what are we going to have to write about? And there's, there's still stuff to write about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sports in a lot of ways, this is obviously a bigger topic. It'll probably be a documentary or a big book one day is the way that sports set the tone for everything with, you know, the NBA, uh, you know, the NBA, Rudy Gobert testing positive and, and the NBA shutting down. That that set everything in motion. Everything the next day was really when everything, um, all, every other league shut down and then it kind of started to feel like the whole world was shutting down. Yeah. All right, um, I think we can wrap up there. Um, anything else you want to plug? Anything you've been working on? Or we kind of plugged all of our stories throughout this, so uh, yeah, we're we're still we're still going. So you know, keep reading. It's important that you know what's going on. I yeah, think. we got we got the draft. Obviously, it's like a month away now, so I'm sure we'll start kind of ramping up the draft coverage because you know all these guys are in in weird spots where it's it's hard to train like we said um so it'll, those, i'm sure we'll get some interesting stories not even just from miami just across the the across the country about how these guys are, are going about um getting ready for you know this big moment yeah um, big moment that suddenly maybe to them but it really even to that it's just not as big anymore yeah i in my opinion yeah. Right, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Uh, like, like you said, we're, we're still writing a lot these days. Um, seems like, you know, every time I, I run out of story ideas, I'm like, oh, I guess there's, there's still that. Like there's, there's, it just seems like there's always going to be some angle to, to dive into. Agree. All right. Just keep reading guys. And yeah. we'll, we'll be back with another podcast soon enough. All right. Thanks for coming on Susan. Thanks, David. Stay safe. Yep, you too.